is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Wednesday, May 16th, 2018. It is 1 plus 6 Embargo Day, and my special guest today is uh, Gavin fabiani Lemond. Welcome, Gavin. How are you? I'm very good, Miriam. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So one plus six day, as I like to call it, I could have probably called it honor 10 plus one day, since the honor <laughs> 10 was launched yesterday. And we're going to talk about that as well. Um, you've seen the embargo lifted about an hour ago at the time of this recording. When you get this podcast, it'll be a few days. Uh, I encourage you to go and check out my unboxing video for my initial thoughts. What are your initial thoughts, Gavin? Well, from the overall look and design and feel of the phone, it, it, it looks probably the, the, the most beautiful OnePlus phone that they've ever put out. I was quite impressed by that. They seemed, from a spec point of view, they've increased um, the camera performance as well. So it's looking quite promising from the sort of the early what they've announced and some of the videos that I've watched. Quite a nice looking phone, to be honest. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that having used it a few days, um, that it's the best uh, OnePlus by 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 far so far. But it's also the most expensive, so that's going to be a, a bit of a bone of contention for some people. Um, so. Let's talk about the pricing, actually. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but I thought it was um, in the upper 500 range uh, for the basic model. Yeah, so UK pricing starts at, it was 469, I think it's then for, for the 64 gig, 519 for the 128 gig, and 569 for the top storage at 256 gig. Yeah, there is three versions you'll see in my in my unboxing video. I'm only mentioning the 64 and 128 gigs, but there are there are uh, three versions. The base price is 529 US dollars, so I just want to put that out there, uh, and that's for a six gig, 64 gig version, I presume. Um, so the one I have is an eight gig, 128 gig version, which is kind of the middle of the pack, since there's an eight gig, 256 version, I believe. Um, and so, look, I, we, there's still some things we can't talk about. I just want to make it clear there's actually a double embargo on this device. So there's some things we can't get into great details about. But what I'm excited about is this, is that finally the camera has on paper the specs to make it a worthy contender. It does have OIS, right? And, um, you know, I'm not going to get into detail of the camera performance, but so far I've been very happy. Let's put it this way. You guys can conclude whatever you want from that. Uh, <laughs> um, so in terms of um, the rest of the phone, it's got a display that's a 19 by 9 aspect ratio, 1080p OLED panel. And I think it looks great. Uh, and it is, um, it is, uh, has got a notch. And, you know, you can turn off the notch. And that's basically all you, I can tell you about that. That's pretty obvious. Uh, there's a gesture-based, um, a custom gesture-based uh, interface that you can turn off or turn on. Uh, and to basically remove the three software buttons at the bottom, the Android navigation keys, and replace them with uh, something similar to what the iPhone X has done, but it's not quite the same experience as what uh, Android P showed us at Google I.O. a week ago. So it's similar. Um, basically, you, you swipe up. Um, I'm actually trying to remember because I, I had it on for a day or so, and I stopped using it because I felt like I'm, I'm still old-fashioned and I like my, my, my buttons in software at the bottom. But basically, it's, it's um, the middle, the, where you swipe up from, you know, this, this, this decides whether you're doing a home or a back button. And I think uh, if you swipe from either edges, like sides, bottom left or bottom right, you get the back button. But if you swipe from the middle up, you get the home button. And I think if you swipe and stop, you get the multitasking. Um, that's what I remember, but it's a little blurry because I've only used it for a day. No, I think um, that's what I did see in some of the, the videos. That's how it was actually working. So um, it does look interesting for sure. So let's talk about the design a little bit because I think that's really the, kind of the, great, the good story here. To me, the OnePlus 3 was a good design, was one of the, to, to, to date, the best design that OnePlus had done. Not because it was a great design, 
per se. Like, I mean, it was nice, but it just mostly gave them a personality. It wasn't a Me Too phone. You picked it up and you're like, yeah, this is a OnePlus. You know, it had some sort of vibe to it. Like, remember the original OnePlus 1 and the OnePlus 2 with that rectangular slit with the camera in in the slit in the back? Like, it has like it had that personality you could recognize as OnePlus. And then with the 3, they went to more like a, a squarish camera pod. And in that way, they lost a bit of their personality. But at the same time, I felt that the shape of the phone for the three and the material quality with the all-metal build was uh, a step forward for OnePlus and really kind of defined the, the, the brand. And so with the five, I felt that they went a step back. You know, it, it, it looked a lot, especially the regular five versus the 5T. The regular five particularly looked a lot like an iPhone in the front and in the back, whereas the 5T only looked like an iPhone in the back. And it lost some of its, it had, it had, it was more rounded corners and it was, it lost some of that edge, pardon the pun, because yeah, it was, it was less edgy, basically angular, less angular, but it, it, it lost some of that design language. It, it did felt like just a, a one, not like a generic Chinese phone. It could have been a Vivo, could have been anything. Whereas this phone, the 6, kind of mixes the design of the 3 and the 5. It's got some of the curviness of the 5, so it feels really great in hand, but it has some of the edginess of the 3, and, and then they made, it, they made that into a glass sandwich. So it's a glass phone that comes in three colors. There's a shiny black, which is what I have, where the, it's, everything is black and super shiny, including the metal rim, unibody, machined, not, not unibody, but machined aluminum frame is, is shiny. Um, and then you have a matte, kind of a matte black, which is interesting because they use some kind of chemical process to matte the glass. It feels like aluminum when you first touch it and you're like, I'd, it took me uh, a while when I touched the, the matte one at the briefing I had to realize it's not, it's not metal at first. You know, I thought it was a metal phone until I touched, until I saw the, the, gla- the, the shiny one. Wow, that's pretty and good. And then... Yeah, and then the white one is the most interesting one. It's kind of like a pearlescent glass finish. So again, they treated with some chemicals or whatever the glass so that it, it, it looks like satin, um, and it's gold the uh, the aluminum band around the phone, and it looks super sexy. And the front is black though, which is interesting. So black in the front, l- gold edges, and white satin back. Really, that's the one I really want. Uh, if OnePlus PR is listening at some point, please, please hook me up. Um, because the shiny black is nice, but honestly, it's so shiny, it's a fingerprint magnet. So design-wise, I think it's, it feels like, you know, with that camera pod in the middle that kind of implies the, the rectangular slot that used to be in the middle, but it's more round, a little softer, and the, the fingerprint reader is kind of like a, a cross between an oval and a rectangle, and it's right below the cameras. It's a really good design. It really looks nice. And it feels like, you know, you're touching, you, you have something unique in your hand that's uniquely OnePlus. And then, I mean, it's, you know, we're talking really subtle things here because a lot of you folks listening are going to say, Miriam, what are you talking about? All phones look like slabs of glass and, pla- and metal these days. They're all the same. I, there are things, I think there are some subtle details. So, I mean, what's your take on the, the photos you've seen so far? You haven't seen it in person, obviously. No. From you know, from the pictures and the photos and the videos I've seen, it looks like a nice phone. And the one sort of takeaway that everyone's sort of summarising is how quick it is. Obviously, with the Snapdragon eight four five and the Oxygen OS, it seems yeah. it seems very nippy in that eight gig of RAM. What a powerhouse to have in a phone, really. I mean, even for the six gig, sixty four gig version at five twenty five, you're getting some serious horsepower. Yeah, that, that phone feels. I mean, look, I didn't get into that yet, but it's it goes without saying that as a one, you know, as a Snapdragon eight forty five device, it's it's up there with all the the fastest phones, right? I mean, it's it's in everything is is responsive, instantaneous. Um, and so we've talked about oh, the battery is thirty three hundred milliamp hour. I we can't really discuss battery life too much, but. I really don't have any concerns. I have no concerns about the quality of the screen. I mean, basically, I'm happy with this phone all around. Um, and I think that, I, you know, I, a lot of people are upset about the price. But honestly, I'll tell you this. I think it's totally worth its price. It's, you're still getting some serious, serious specs for $529 US. And even if you go up to the 8 gig 
128, which I need to look up how much that is, but it's still worth your while. We're still under the $600 mark, I think, which means, you know, there's no flagship right now with an 845 in that price range. Uh, we haven't heard the pricing for the LG G7. My gut feeling is that the LG G7 sold by carriers in the US will be 650-ish, which would be very, very good pricing. But remember, it's, you have to buy from carriers. It's locked. It comes with all this crap and crapware and bloatware. And, you know, you, 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 I don't know. To me, it's a no-brainer. You want to go with the unlocked uh, phone from the small niche Chinese manufacturer, you know? <laughs> That's well, exactly. just my opinion. But I, I think, um, but I think even with if you just pay the extra for us in the UK to go from the 64 gig to the 256 gig storage is only a hundred pound difference. And that's just staggering. That is so good. No, absolutely. So, I mean, trying to think what else there is. So we talked about the cameras. Uh, we talked about the fingerprint reader in the back and this shape and position, talked about the design, talked about the processor, the RAM, the storage. There's no micro SD, obviously. That's the OnePlus thing. It's been like that for a while. Oh, we didn't talk about this. There's a headphone jack, of course. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so that's still there. Um, I haven't really listened to the headphone jack to be able to tell you audio quality, but I'm sure it's fine. Um, OnePlus never really has, you know, been particularly amazing as audio performance out of the headphone jack, but it's been perfectly adequate. So I expect it to be the same. It's not. It's not going to be like that's. That's an area where you might want to buy a G7 because obviously the quad DAC is going to blow away everything else in this in this price range. Um, yeah. On the audio, they do have their Dirac HD sound, as they call it, for the um, headphone jack output. And they have got Bluetooth 5, so they've got support for the Aptex HD as well. So they have put some extra bits in. Yeah, and as an aside, I should mention that I didn't play with them yet, but they sent me a pair of wireless bullet earbuds. That's what they call them. They are essentially two earbuds connected by a cable with a little box that has the battery and the, and the you know charging port and the what's it called, the buttons on it. Um, and uh, they're supposed to be pretty awesome, and I will try them out. I just haven't had time. I've had a really busy week. So by the next podcast, I should have some opinion on that, and you should see some videos about... Uh, I'll try to do a video review by the end of the week for you folks. Um, but yes, they are definitely um, trying to address all the different connectivity issues, and I'm sure the audio is fine. It's just, as I said, you know, the reason I'm saying this, Gavin, for the G7 is that nothing can touch the quad DAC, in my opinion. No. I mean, you know this. The ESS chip is just monstrous. And and to me, the biggest issue with other things like Dirac or whatever is that is that they are, you know, and again, I, I don't know. I haven't heard to the, I haven't listened to the headphone jack on OnePlus 6 yet, so I don't know. But I'm just saying that in general, the biggest issue is not so much the audio quality coming out of these phones. It's the levels and the impedance matching and the amp, right? Like if you're listening with Bayer Dynamics GT990s like I am, the 25 ohm version, you're, you're going to, you need some serious power to drive those properly at high levels. And to me, so far, the only phones that have been able to do that were the old HTCs that had the three volt. Uh, dedicated headphone amp and the uh, and the the quad DAC equipped LG phones. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, totally agree on that. So my concern is not so much audio performance with any of the, and I'm not talking about OnePlus specifically. I'm talking. This applies to the S9. It applies to all the other phones out there that have headphone jacks. Most of them can't drive these kind of headphones loud. They can drive them, but not very loud. And I don't like to listen to music super loud, but sometimes you know you want that dynamic range. You want you want that 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 spark in your ears. So, and and Gavin and I could talk about audio all day uh, because we're both also, in addition to being photography nerds, we're <laughs> audio nerds. <Yes. laughs> and you review some really. I mean, you you. I love the stuff you get on your blog. You get like headphones and amps and DACs and all kinds of cool stuff. So, I really encourage you to read Gavin's gadgets and check out um, Gavin's uh, review of these audio devices because I am specifically reviewed audio devices on my on my youtube or on the podcast so yeah i'm trying to think what else there's to talk about in the one plus six we talk about price talk about specs oh yeah the the, the display is a notch and, and i want to point out by the way that all the android phones that are the notch today have a bit of a chin at the bottom right 
Some worse than others, for example, the P20 and P20 Pro because of that stupid fingerprint reader down there. Who does that? Who makes a phone that looks super sexy with the most modern display and the notch is arguably annoying for some people, I get it, but the fact that most phones nowadays let you turn it off in software means that it's really not annoying because you actually get more real estate because your little time and wireless status icons are still displayed in the notch area, but you know if you reverse the colors it the notch disappears so it's a, it's a win-win all around but what has vexed me so far with these android phones is unlike the iphone 10 where the bottom of the screen goes right to the edge um they don't they have a chin and and the one the p20 plus decided on top of that and the p20 as well and the honor 10 which we're going to discuss in a second decide to have a fingerprint reader in that in that space which i just don't understand to me fingerprint reader today should be in the back that's the best place for it or under the display and that should be that so OnePlus did it right. And more importantly, their chin is the thinnest chin of any Android phone with a notch that I've played with yet. It's thinner than LG's G7 by just a little bit. Uh, LG's G7 is pretty thin. Uh, what other phones with a notch I've played with? The Asus Zenfone 5. I don't have one to compare, so I can't tell. I'm trying to think. There's a bunch of Vivo phones and stuff that I haven't had a chance to play with. But anyway, that, there you go. You got it from me, from my personal experience, that the chin will not bother you on this phone. <laughs> what, do you, what is your take on notch displays gavin like what do you think what do i think well to be honest you just get used to them so i've had the iphone 10 and you quickly forget about the notch apart from sometimes watching sort of videos like youtube videos when you lose a bit because you go full screen but to be honest they just it's you get a bit of extra screen that you can use now so what's the problem so i just leave the notch always visible don't hide it yeah, no, I feel the same way. I don't. Th I think people are overreacting about it. Look, it's also an intermediate step. It's only a, a stepping stone until we can get full screen displays. Speaking of, as an aside, I'm going to notch off one of our topics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lenovo yesterday announced or leaked an image, or I don't know exactly how the where the where that image came from. If it was an official or a leak or what, I have to. I'll have it in the show notes, so just check it out. Um, and also, obviously, we'll have in the show notes the, the, the OnePlus 6 unboxing and stuff. But um, the, the Lenovo is, is working on a full, on a, I shouldn't say full, I should say all, all screen, all dash screen phone that doesn't have a notch, doesn't have anything in the front somehow, whether the camera comes out, pops out the back like that uh, one prototype we saw while ago or whatever i don't know but the bottom line is that was a piece of news and it, it kind of seemed exciting to me because i i mean that's kind of the holy grail right like that's what we're all kind of waiting for what what where, how do you think how long do you think it'll be before all the phones instead of having notches have actually got a full a full display but i think once the sort of navigation side is actually resolved in terms of using gestures like in how Apple do with the iPhone 10. And I think as OnePlus 6 have done, they've created a gesture navigation system. Once you get to that point, I think that's, that's it. You can take away and you can flush fit right down and lose the bezels. And maybe with miniaturization of cameras, you could have, you know, really small holes for the cameras and even the speakers or, you know, the, the so many different technologies that are coming that way or the fingerprint under the glass. Who knows? But I think that's what happened. It will be once we get to the gestures, that side of thing. I think that will solve having large bezels. Yeah. So here's the news. I'm reading it right now. It's Lenovo Vice, uh, a Lenovo Vice President showed off a smartphone that's nearly all screen called the Lenovo Z5. It would have a screen ratio of 95% and has 18 patents. Um, and it didn't say where they showed that off. No, it doesn't um, say. But anyway, that's the news. So it's an official thing from the Novo, and I guess they're teasing, and there's uh, beautiful photos of it. Um, it came from Weibo, originally Lenovo on Weibo, and then CNET picked it up, and I got it from Engadget. Um, so, you know, I'll have it in the show notes. Check it out. It's interesting. It's pretty. That's mostly the thing. It's pretty, you know, because we all want that. Um, I agree with you, though, that, you know, to me, the ultimate technology is, you know, piezo for speakers on turning the display into a speaker but doing it right nobody's done that or having a tiny tiny little slit at the top like uh, the like the uh essential phone has where you don't really see the speaker but it's there um 
it's there between the display and the edge. Um, or and then for the camera, I think behind the display will be the trick. Like just like the behind the display fingerprint reader, um, you know, with a thin OLED, you'll lose a bit of light gathering ability, but you should be able to get light through that display to the camera. It's just a matter of you know how much do you lose. Um, with an IPS, you won't be able to do it because here the backlight gets in the way and stuff. But um, so everybody's going OLED for, you know, is kind of, all points are converging towards OLED as kind of being a pretty mainstay for, for a few years until we get uh, micro LED, right? Uh, so that's, that's kind of, think, I think, uh, what we're going to see. But um, there's going to be in between steps. There's going to be phones with cameras that pop out and whatever, and that's fine. I mean, that's progress. And the notch is part of that progress. So, like, don't let the notch bother you, folks. Let's just, just move on and then turn it off in software if you don't like it. You're going to get a great phone. Trust me, I've got the OnePlus 5T in two colors, and I've got the OnePlus 6, and I can immediately tell the, one, the Plus 6 is, a, is a just a, is a better, newer phone. Like, you just want that one. There's no way you want to go back to the old ones. You know, it's just, it's just a no-brainer. Like, Boom, you're done. So, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I found the one, the pricing in the US for the other sizes. Um, 579. So it was right. Less than 600 for the one I have, the 8 gig, 128 gig. And then 629 for the 8 gig, 256 gig. So look, you're really still quite mostly below the 600 mark. But I know a lot of people are going to be rubbed the wrong way by the pricing since OnePlus is, you know, I mean, started out with 350 for the OnePlus One or whatever it was. Yeah, about that, wasn't it? So, but I think the reality is if you look at all the phones, they're going up in price because the features and the materials and the build, like, you know, when a normal flagship is eight to a thousand, eight hundred to a thousand dollars today, you know, that's pretty common now. So, you know, at the time the OnePlus One came out, flagships were in the $600 range, right? So... Yeah, it's, it's still a, a big, a significant increase if you're on a budget. The reality, though, is there's other phones you can buy from other manufacturers that are more affordable. And speaking of which, <laughs> we should talk. I'm good at segues. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, patting myself on the back right here. Uh, Gavin, take it away on the Honor 10, please. Yeah, so I've had the Honor 10 for a few days now and been using it quite extensively. So this is the new phone from Honor. And it runs Android 8.1 with uh, Honor's EMUI, the latest version. It's a 5.84 inch IPS screen at 1080p. It's a 19 to 9 ratio, so it has a notch, which is quite topical. It's quite a nice phone to hold, so it's not too big. It's about 150 by 71 by 7.7 millimeters, so it's quite a compact phone. It's 153 grams. It's dual SIM. It's I've got the four gig, hundred and twenty eight gig storage version, and it's I'm not sure the American pricing, but in the UK we won't get it here. As as uh, far as I know, it's not coming here yet. At least okay. uh, we don't get a lot of. We didn't get the nine last year. We didn't get the nine light, which by the way I bought for my mom and she loves it. Hmm. Um, we did get the eight. That's the last kind of like, uh, you know, pro- product that you got that we got that was a flat quote-unquote flagship from honor we got the view 10 did you guys get the view 10 yes we got the view 10 that was that's okay quite nice. so that's the last honor quote-unquote flagship that we got so it's it but it's it's got obviously the dual cameras at the back so it it has a 16 megapixel color sensor rgb and it does and it dubs it with a 24 megapixel black and white sensor but the f-stop's not that great i saw on the specs yeah so the the 16 megapixel RGB is f1.8, which is not too bad. bad. And I'm not 100% sure what the, I think they're both at that f1.8 on the rear. The front is a 24 megapixel f2.0. And it's all sort of linked up with their, as they call it, they call it the AI camera. And it's their version two of the actual AI camera. But part of what's particularly nice is we're talking about design. They've, it's a 3D glass back, and it's got 15 layers um, of shimmering colours, they call it. So it's got some form of it nano... It striking. It's beautiful. It, they've got nanoscale um, optical coating. There's different colours. I actually prefer, whilst my P20 Pro is the blue colour, I've actually got the black, midnight black, the Honor 10 in midnight black. And I actually love it because it's, it's understated. It's not too flashy. But when you do tilt it in the light, you get these lines, that the light that strike along the back, and it's, it's just beautiful. It's 
got the supercharge as well. So the 3,400 milliamp battery means it can charge in 25 minutes to half power, 50% uh, power. But it also has, they said the first um, industry first for placing an ultrasonic fingerprint sensor under the glass. So right. it's still on the front at the very bottom of the screen. And it looks like it's a normal fingerprint sensor but it's not it's this ultrasonic and the only advantage of that is very very simply if your hands are wet it still works so that's but it's a little bit harder to use and at first it's a bit frustrating because you have to put your finger down and push down a bit harder it's not just a tap and it's unlocked so just to take a little bit uh a little bit longer to get used to you have got a face unlock which works pretty fast it's pretty instantaneous to be honest so Yeah, and it's it's it, the camera is excellent. It has this AI detection on the camera, so if you it has um, it can identify all the different things around you: cats, dogs, uh, greenery, blue sky, and it tweaks the photos, flowers, plants. I think there's about five hundred different. Um, is, so, is this a different AI than the P twenty and P twenty Pro? Then is this a better version, or what, what's the deal here? Well, this is interesting. So. It's obviously copied from the P20 and P20 Pro, and I imagine there's a lot of similarities, but they're saying this is version 2. So it doesn't have the P20 Pro's night mode where you can stand there just between 3 oh, to 7. doesn't do that, 3 to 6 oh, seconds. I thought it did. On. I thought it did. When I first tried it, I did it, and it wasn't, and it did 3 seconds in the night mode. I thought, oh, it's got it, so I'm holding it by hand. And the shot looked really crispy clear, even and it, but it was just it wasn't dark enough. And then when it was really pitch black after I'd done my unboxing, it went up to fifteen seconds, and I thought, oh, that's not the night mode. Um, but it did actually work for three seconds, a clear shot. Um, but on the P twenty Pro, it's absolutely amazing what it can do, and completely without a tripod. But it's got all these scene detections where it tweaks the camera interface. But where it differs from the P twenty Pro is after you've taken the shot, either from viewing the photos through the camera or going into the phone's gallery, there's an AI button and you can just tap it and then you can see the non-AI shot. Or tap it again and you get the AI improved shot and you can decide ah. which version you, you prefer. And it's literally just That's one tap. Nice. That is really nice and I'd love to have that on my P20 Pro. I think that'd be really, really good. So that's how you were able to get these comparison shots on your on your. Uh, well, I I didn't I didn't see if you did that, but somebody on their review did. I think it was Digital Trends did a comparison shot where you could literally it's the same shot but with or without AI. So I guess it saves two copies. It doesn't. Well, it must save two copies somehow, but you can then decide which version you want to send or share because they have identical photos with with and without so yes yeah, so they must have, have to, saved them both they would have saved them both at some point what i did in my i've done a, uh, a short camera review on the on a 10 i, I actually i actually held the phone in front of the camera and i sh- pulled up a photo on the screen i said right if you tap the ai button you can see the difference and i showed two examples one in a normal shot in, in nice bright sunny conditions with some grass and whatever so you could see how that changed how the saturation changed when you hit the ai button um, and then i did a low light shot as well inside a church trying to show you what the difference and use the ai how it tries to, to cope with a dark environment and generally the ai brightened and lightened the church up a bit whereas the non-AI version was darker. And it's personal preference for sharing on sort of social media. I think the AI versions stand out much more. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, the AI version looked actually a little better than I expected based on my experience with the P20 P20 Pro. To me, the, the AI on the P20 P20 Pro is very hit and miss. And so by because of that, I've turned it off. Um, and so um, the question to me, looking at these reviews and looking at your articles about the, the Honor 10 and looking, which by the way, I will put in the show notes, um, and looking at the design of this phone and the specs is it scream P20 to me. It screams P20. I think the display is in fact the same as the P20's display. Same size, it's IPS, it's got a notch. Am I more or less right? The camera specs are different, I realize that, but... 
the results. Of course, right? I think you're, I would agree with you totally. If you had to buy, if you didn't want the P20 Pro and you just were happy enough with the, the, with the P20, you would be silly to get the P20. You might as well get the Honor, the Honor um, 10. It's a much better phone for the money. You know, it's yeah. better priced, yeah. it's cheaper. And I, I actually really like I like it because it's not a massive phone that sticks out your pocket. It's a better size to hold and use. And, yeah, it's and it's pretty as well, which does help. Cool. Well, it does look super striking. I mean, in the same way as the Twilight uh, color on the P20 Pro looks amazing, this looks even more like flashy, uh, with those crazy colors. Uh, you know, I know you get the black ones, but uh, I saw, I think the, and I will link to this as well, because I think it's interesting. Uh, uh, Lewis is on a video on um, Unbox Therapy, really shows off the colors um, of the phones. So, so I, I, the specs I saw online for the Honor 10, tell me that the monochrome camera has does not have an f over 1.8. So I'm wondering about that. Yeah. Let me let me look because I'm pretty sure it's a, it's it's that's the one thing that made me cringe when I looked at it. But I could be wrong. So I'm going to check right now. By the way, as an aside, the the specs on the one plus six camera it's f over 1.7 on both lenses, which, which is, is kind pretty of good, isn't it? And, and obviously OIS on the main lens. Uh, and I think the second lens is really only using for portrait and assist. Um, it's a 20 megapixel secondary and a 16 megapixel primary. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say here on uh, GSM Arena. Doesn't, does it? But I read somewhere that it was maybe F over 2.2 or 2.0 or something. But because that's monochrome, it's not so, it's only gathering depth and. Yeah, but remember the monochrome on the P20 is f one point six. Oh yeah, but then it's more expensive, so, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I mean, I would expect I would be I would have said one point eight would be acceptable, but higher than that mm. seems to be a step backwards for me because what makes the monochrome so good is that it it really gives you good dynamic range, and you need you know it helps with that and it helps with detail, and if you're going to lose that 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 detail in low light if you have a, a slow lens behind it so i don't know i i'm it's gonna i'm actually looking at that um digital trends is a pretty extensive review already out which is kind of surprising because that phone just came out they must have received it under embargo and had it for a little while i don't know how long you've had with the phone because it only was announced a day and a bit ago right that's right yeah it doesn't even say on um on its own website what the f-stop is on the on the rear cam cameras at all. So interesting. Well, we'll have to figure it out. Hang on. I'll be able to, that's if you give me something, something I'll just take I mean, a you'll have to figure out this moment. <laughs> yeah. You go for it. Yeah. I'll, Do just, it. I'll just take it into monochrome mode and just take a quick photo and look at the exif data. That is how you check. Should be that simple. Shouldn't it? Hopefully. Um, it's, it is F 1.8. There we go. Just done so we have one point eight. Okay, good. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, I've just put it into monochrome mode, so it's only using the monochrome sensor, and uh, the exif data was f one point eight. Awesome, that's good news. Yes, indeed, that's good. So I'm glad to hear that because I was a little concerned, honestly, that uh, you know when I read those specs, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, anyway, so maybe I was misinformed. I'm glad I was. So but the reality is it's a tweak on the P20 Pro. So instead of a 20 and a six and a 12, right? 20 and a 12, monochrome 20 color 12 with f of 1.6, you're getting a, a 24 1.8 monochrome and a 16 1.8 uh, color. And that means that the pixel sizes are going to be a little bit smaller because I know that the 12 megapixel on the, on the P20 regular color is what? F, like what is it 1.5 1.4 microns it's pretty big it's, pixels it's right? big 1.5 i think it's one yeah. it is massive it is um it's massive yeah so so you there's definitely saving money on that but you know i think honestly that they they start off with some pretty good specs there um any ois on that camera no right no it uses uh ai to stabilize again but there's no official ois um i'll be honest i haven't had any blurry shots so I've just been going around snapping loads and loads of photos with it, and they've all been they've all been fine to be honest, all of them. I, I presume it's using similar AI algorithms than its big brethren's for the uh, 
yes. the uh, stabilization. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a tear down the camera sensor that secretly has got some stabilization sitting on the actual sensor because there's no way some of the shots I took should have been, you know, stable. Well, I don't know. I mean, the AI stuff is the way they're doing it. You know, if you're doing a predictive algorithm, which is what they're doing using machine learning, you can mm. get some pretty impressive stabilization. I mean, the iFixit teardown of the P20 Pro showed that all three cameras actually have OIS, uh, but the only one that's enabled in software is apparently the, the tele. And the reason for that is because it's so complicated to manage three OISs simultaneously, plus add to that the software stabilization. So I think they disabled in software the OIS on the main sensors on the P20 and P20 Pro uh, because it's easier to manage it with their, you know, first generation AI stabilization, which I think pretty much certain uses some sort of predictive algorithm using the accelerometers, because it's the best stabilization I've used so far that's not optical on any phone. And I wouldn't believe, I wouldn't be surprised if the, um, the Honor 10 inherits some of that, you know? Um, and, but they didn't put the night mode in, I think, because that's, it's the same thing as when the Honor 8 came out. And you, despite having a monochrome lens, did not have the monochrome mode. Do you remember that? I do, yes, I do. It was very annoying, <laughs> to say the least. It was, wasn't it, Jeff? Yeah. So, I mean, what's generally, what's your take? Um, what's the pricing in the UK again? Remind me. So, price in the UK, full retail is 399 which is not too bad, to be honest, because it's got the same Kirin 970 chipset as the Huawei P20 Pro. Um, it doesn't, only has 4 gig of RAM instead of 6, but... It takes good photos. It's got good battery. It's, an, it's, a, it's a nice phone. You know. So that sets it to about $538 US and the current exchange rate, which is up there with a OnePlus 6. And mm. the View 10, uh, View 10 is actually a little cheaper at $499. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's competitive for sure. I mean, you're getting a pretty big power. You're getting basically a P20 Redux. Um, in many ways, which is really impressive. Um, yeah. So it, it, is the camera app, other than missing the night mode, pretty much the same as the camera app on the P20 then? Yeah, it's very similar. As I said, the one thing the camera app on the on a 10 has is this dedicated AI button. Yeah. Where, you and you can actually, before you off. take the photo, you can actually turn it off before you take it as well. So you don't have to have, you don't even need the AI. Um, on in the first place but you're better to, to leave it on because then afterwards you can then toggle it off and edit it you know after you've taken the shot you can go back in and take the ai off so it's then at least we've got two shots instead of one yeah no I, that's a very interesting feature i i feels to me like it sounds like it's just an evolution of what we've seen on the p20 then i i know that on the P20, it does show you the scene it selected, the mode it selected in AI mode, and you can type on the little X next to that in the viewfinder to turn it off before you take the shot. Yes, that's that's um, the only way you can do it on the P20 Pro. Yeah, but but they are you know they are different sort of you know phones. I would say that um, if you I'm looking at the camera app on the Honor 10 versus my P20 Pro, there's a whole load of extra options. On the actually on the um, on a ten, there's things like artist mode, three D creator that <laughs> that don't actually nice. sit um, as default on the P twenty Pro, and you can't download them either. They don't exist. So that you know the P twenty Pro in Pro mode, you can, you know it can do an ISO up to one hundred and two thousand four hundred. So you can see it's just designed to push the boundaries of what you can do photography wise really it's right it's it's slightly different i think the honor 10 is a bit more fun it's got the ai features it's still got all the front selfie features with the beautification and the lightning effects or whatever they call them which you know a bit gimmicky in my book oh yeah it's terrible on the p20 honestly at least the firmware that i have you can't really turn it off it gives you <laughs> it yeah. gives you soft face even in the lowest level i will it's say weird. that in the future firmware that i I put on today on the P20 Pro, they have made the front selfie camera. Um, so if, if you want, yeah, much, much better. So if you want it to show you as you look, not with a plastic face, you can now 
have the proper <laughs> image of yourself not all softened nice. up. I mean, the actual selfie camera on the P20 Pro, I've got a mole on the front of my face and it took it off. <laughs> it's like, that's nice. part of well, yeah, 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 it's, it's pretty that. bad. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad. Does, doesn't so do here, that. a couple of more questions. What's the battery size on that phone? It's 3,400. So it's the same as a P20 then? Yes, it is, yeah. Wow, yeah. And then what about the RAM? You said it was six or four? It's it's four gig. There are two storage versions. There's a 64 gig. Uh, the UK gets 128 gig storage, which is quite handy. Do you get micro SD on this phone? No, just dual nano SIM. Yeah. And what about headphone jack? Yes, yes. You do? Yes. Oh, awesome. And it has the, um, oh, I plugged in my Sennheiser. Um, I had a pair of um, HG598s lying around. And yeah. I thought, I wonder, because they're 50 ohms, I wonder if it's going to be any good. And when you plug wired headphones in, you can you activate Huawei Hisson sound effects, is what I call it. It should say <laughs> listen, but it's a typo. Um, and you can select the type of headphones you're using. And there are, there's a whole bunch of models that are designed to work really well with the honor 10 interesting but, but you say you've got over ear headphones and yes yeah, it's, it's i'd love to i need to measure the output but it's certainly su surprised the uh blank album. and i was really surprised at how loud and clear they were as well so that is one big bonus over the p20 pro it has a headphone jack the honor 10 and i'm very pleased for it that is a really huge deal, actually, I think, for a lot of people, especially in that kind of like more price-sensitive market. So sounds like a great phone. Um, I actually was talking to my Honor PR folks recently, and they said they're going to try to get me one. Um, they don't obviously have it because they're US PR and they are not officially getting, we're not officially getting this phone, I don't think, ever. So, so be it. It's life. Yeah. Um, Speaking of phones, so, you know, since we talked about the notch earlier and how controversial, quote unquote, it is for some people, which I think is BS, because really, as I said, it just turn it off in software on most phones and you still benefit from it and you won't, you'll just completely ignore it from there on. Um, but the new and latest, you know, thing that is making waves and, 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 and causing brouhaha is blockchain phones <laughs> <laughs> what's your phone got well my phone it does it we're beyond the notch now we've got blockchain on our phone and so i need to bring that up because htc announced a phone you know with blockchain you know features for basically able to store your blockchain wallet and you know so security and encryption features to support that uh and uh it's called the exodus htc exodus and uh honestly i'm not quite sure what to think of that i look being in silicon valley where blockchain is is everywhere uh, there's so many startups doing blockchain related things um i'm not surprised actually it is not a bad idea if you think about it if you do own some currency or some investments in in blockchain based currencies like ethereum or or Bitcoin, uh, if you're one of those weirdos, uh, no offense to anyone, but I, I, I think you, it's, a, it's a bit, I'm not saying weirdo in a negative way, I'm just saying it's, it's an, a bit of fringe case. There's not that many people out there really in the great scheme of things that are dealing in, uh, you know, in cryptocurrency these days. But if you are one, having one of the big challenges you have is to keep your wallet somewhere safe um, and to not have it hacked and broken into. So obviously leaving it in the cloud is a bad idea. Leaving it on your computer at home or on your laptop, it brings up other security issues like you need to encrypt your drive. You need to make sure that, you know, you get password and, and potentially fingerprint protection or biometric protection. If your home computer gets stolen, it's at home, you lose everything and it gets wiped. If you're, it's on your laptop and it gets stolen, you lose everything. So the phone does seem like a good place, although it can also be stolen and lost. But if you're careful, Having something on your body that stores that stuff is probably a good idea, right? So I can kind of see the point, but it's funny that, you know, HTC, whom is pretty much almost completely being absorbed by Google at this point. And I'm, and obviously is going to make one last phone this year, the, U, the U12, whatever it's going to be called, is 
you know, talking about another phone now that's got this blockchain security technology. And I'm like, are you catching at straws, folks? Because that seems to be... First of all, will there be another HTC phone after the U12 is my question. And secondly, why? I guess they're trying to reinvent themselves one last time. I'd love to hear your take on this, Gavin. Well, to be honest, I still think, as you said, it's quite a niche case. I'm, I'm not aware of anybody outside of my tech circles that would even know what blockchain is. And so I think it's got a very limited appeal, but it's, it is an option available. I think what I don't understand is how it works the storage to do sort of the blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies. You know, is it trying to keep an eye on what's going on? In which case, how big? I think is- it just stores your wallet. That's it. That's it. Well, I suppose in that sense, if it can do that, if you think about it, it's like having, you know, contactless payments. Why not put your blockchain on there? So if that's something that becomes a bigger thing, then why not? Right. But what I'm saying is that they're using the blockchain, like technologically speaking, basically what this means, my understanding is that this means is a phone that has extra features in hardware for security, for encryption, for, you know, biometrics to access an, an enclave on the device that can store your wallet, like a secured partition or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, there might be some hardware like optimization there to make it harder to crack basically. Um, but it's just basically a lot of buzzwords and gimmicks, you know, like uh, you could use for, you could use a Samsung S9 with Knox and put a secured partition using Knox on your S9 and store your cryptocurrency wallets on there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I do. And, and I protect do. it with the the fingerprint reader, right? Or protect with if you want something even stronger, like a, a two-factor authentication with one of those uh, keys, you know, that generates a number every minute or whatever. Uh, there is USB Type C keys um, that do a two-step authentication, a code generation uh, that you can plug into a laptop or a phone today. Uh, made by some, I think at least one company whose name totally eludes me right now. But so my point is, there is like you could have on your physical person a a tiny little USB C dongle that you know generates those numbers. And you plug it into your phone, and and uh, with the right app, it it gives you the number. And you can then have this, the two-step authentication. So, so there's all kinds of things. So if they could build that in, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it's technically speaking, just a phone with some extra features, but, you know, makes, on, makes it sound really cool to say, you know, the crypt, cryptocurrency slash blockchain phone optimized, whatever you want to say. Block, I think blockchain powered is the problem I have. It's not powered by blockchain. It's blockchain optimized or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, considering HTC, you know, I love them. I just want to, I don't want you guys to think that I'm just being hard on them. If I am, it's because I love them and I want them to succeed. And I'm looking forward to the U12. But there's too little information here to really know what this is about and why this is relevant to anybody but just a niche few people in the Silicon Valley and maybe abroad. Um, And also... If that's the way you're going to reinvent yourself, assuming you're trying to to hang on as a phone manufacturer, I, I don't see how you're going to be successful um, because I don't think blockchain currencies are going to take off anytime soon. I think the blockchain is a really important and useful technology for uh, ledgering and keeping track of things uh, in a secure way without a centralized system behind it. That's the whole point of it, and it's great at that, and it will be used for all kinds of transactions in the future, but we will never even know that blockchain is being used in the back end for these transactions. It's just going to be transparent to us. Cryptocurrency happens to be one of the uses for it, and unfortunately, cryptocurrency today is not really a currency as much as it is an investment vehicle. So there's no such thing as really paying with money, the crypto money. It's really more like you invest in it because uh, you're willing to play the volatile market game. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And, you know, uh, I think that's perfectly valid. It's just, you know, you call it spade a spade, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious to see what comes out of that. Um, I'll, I'll link to an article here on the show notes. Uh, as an aside, Siren Labs is a company that made a phone called the Finney. That was a thousand dollars. That was also a crypto blockchain powered, or whatever. 
uh, cryptocurrency optimized, whatever you want to call it, phone. So it's not a new idea, but it's interesting coming from HTC, especially since we kind of all thought that the U12 would be the last thing they would do. And now we're talking, now we're hearing about this kind of weird. Actually, I'm wondering if it's actually not the same phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't be surprised if this phone ends up being a U12 variant or the U12 itself. That's possible. The feature. That I say, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting strategy, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. This is just another little bit news bit that came in my inbox and I thought was interesting. Um, one more topic we have today is ZTE. So you have been following this saga a little bit, maybe. I don't know if it's um, as relevant to you in the UK as it is to us in the US. But um, the ZTE being banned from using US parts um like qualcomm and and other things and as such uh zeti struggling uh suddenly uh with you know the, their future because apparently they use a lot more american-made parts than uh, we thought and yeah. then uh and so have you been following this i have and it's quite um quite scary how one change in policy for them is just put them on the uh, you know the bread line you know it's um yeah I, w I was surprised because I really thought, you know, as a pretty major Chinese company um, with, you know, alliances with other Chinese companies, or I should say Taiwanese like MediaTek, uh, that they would be fine. You know, they'd be like, okay, well, we stopped making Qualcomm phones and maybe we can't sell phones in, in Europe and the US because we can't use Google. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 the closed source part of the Google stuff. So we have to use Aesop and do our own, you know, skinned version of of Android, which is fine because in China, that's all there is anyway. Uh, in, in lots of markets, that's all that matters anyway. So uh, I didn't think they'd be in such in such uh, struggle. Uh, it, it, you know, I mean, it's obviously they broke some rules and got slapped with a pretty major, um, you know, export restriction by the US uh, regime. And our regime right now is pretty messed up here in mm. the US, as you probably know. So I'm not saying it's right. I, I personally think it's completely stupid, the whole thing. And shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't be happening at all but that does also have to understand that they can't just break rules so uh, you know i'm i'm a bit torn on that but the, the latest news is basically that our president whose name shall not be pronounced in this podcast <laughs> um will is is going to supposedly um discuss the zt situation with the president of china and that they're going to come up come up with some uh, understanding agreement so that uh, zt doesn't completely uh suffer from this because it supposedly might affect uh millions of chinese workers i don't see why our president would care about million of chinese workers when they you know he doesn't seem to care about the million of american workers most of the time so i i just the whole thing is really very bizarre and very typical of the 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 politics in our country right now here in, in the states so um i just am only talking about it because i, I don't want to get into a political debate with anybody about it it's more about ZT might actually have an exit here and a way out of these sanctions, potentially. And we might still see them uh, stick around for a while longer. That's the takeaway from this news item. The way that came about is very odd. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it does get sorted somehow, because at the end of the day, the people that are losing out are the, the sort of, you know, the factory workers. Yes, absolutely. Workers who, who could end up, you know, losing their jobs, homes and whatever. Indeed. And, and, and more, more importantly, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the workers are definitely, you know, the, the worst, but, you know, we lose an opportunity to have a company that has done some innovation in the, in the market to disappear. And, you know, I would like to remind you that as flaws and weird as it was, the HTC Axon M was an interesting phone with this dual screen. And, and, you know, kudos to ZT for actually working something out with AT&T to put such a weird phone in the hands of a U.S. carrier, okay? When you consider OnePlus can't be in the hands of U.S. carrier, uh, or at least maybe they haven't tried. But the point is that, you know, there's a lot of people who wish they had, I mean, you know, definitely Huawei, who wish they had their phone on the U.S. carriers, uh, in the U.S. carrier stores. The fact that ZT was able to make this phone and get a relationship you know, have enough of a relationship with AT&T to get in, in the stores was pretty amazing considering how weird and a bit awkward that phone was, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I look, I, I, I think that was a, that was an interesting thing. This uh, Axon M and, you know, the Axon 7 was a great phone. Um, 
it actually does some good stuff. So we don't want them to disappear. Competition is a healthy and good thing. And yes, they did break some rules. Um, and I hope they learn their lesson there. But at the same time, I don't really feel like, you know, they should, uh, they should just be, you know, gone. And so hopefully this will get resolved somehow, or at least uh, mitigated. Mitigated is probably the word, because I don't think it's going to be complete. It's still going to, they're still going to have some sanctions. They're probably going to have to deal with some stuff. Um, but yeah, this is essentially the news for, for this podcast and, and all the topics. Were there anything that you wanted to talk about? Um, because we have a bit of time left and I would love to pick your brain a little more on the P20 Pro since you and, you and I have been covering that extensively over the last month and a bit. But is there any uh, news items that I might have forgotten that, that popped up in your feed that you were excited about? No, I mean, obviously, because I've been using the P20 Pro ex exclusively and put out my sort of, um, sort of focusing, on, focusing on the camera side to do um, my final reviews. I've done different sort of smaller sections about the P20 Pro. And then I did um, a review where I put all 300 photos that I've taken on it in time order. So you can see from how I got used to the camera, how I started using all the features, got a new firmware. You can then see the difference in the, the, the photography, the quality of the shots sort of with the new firmware. And uh, turns out that was about 300 photos. And I stuck that at the end of my video review. So there's about 16 minutes worth of photo gallery to Wow, on. awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll link to that. Um, and I'm actually going to take a note to make sure I link to that. Uh, but I want to hear your take of the evolution in your mind so far of the um, of that camera because I've and haven't been able to update the software on my P20 Pro yet, probably because it's pre-release software that's stuck there. And you and I discussed a way to potentially me updating, so I'm going to look into that. But the reality is, have you seen an improvement? Because as you know, me and Steve talked about this, Steve Litchfield, in my podcast, and I've talked about this with Rene Ritchie on his podcast, Vector, recently. Mm. Uh, the overprocessing is killing this phone. Is this being resolved? Has this been improved? Have you seen an, a change? Yes, it's so on the firmware I'm using, there's two obvious changes. The first one is the on the front selfie camera, instead of looking over soft and over softened faces, very plastic looking, you actually now, when you turn the beauty mode right down to zero, you look normal. And I know that should always be the case, <laughs> but you do look normal now. And we were joking beforehand that previously I have a mole on my face and it took the mole off but now with the software improvements I'm running it keeps it on which is good and you look just a normal healthy person so that is very good <laughs> that's an improvement that's a hell of an improvement but what about the main camera because I honestly don't care about the selfie no <laughs> I, you could if you're going to take selfies I just put the timer on and use the rear camera because it's considerably better anyway the the rear camera has improved so on the AI uh, modes and in particular there's one called greenery so if there's a lot of green in your photo it it right. bolsters the saturation and it's oversaturated now on social media like facebook it might look amazing because it the colors pop and all this but if you're purists like me and you it's a bit over tt they have toned from the shots i've started to take they have toned that down a bit the the there's less um, sharpening it's still photos are still um, sharpened quite a bit um, but it's not as heavy as it used to be so it is being toned down and the quality of the images seem to be slightly improved as well over time i think for my takeaway it's a new bit of technology this quad bear rear camera component and they're just uh -huh. learning how to get the most out of it is there a place that you found on xda forums or such where you can kind of tell which version you should have to get the enhancements. There is a place. Um, there is well, sort of. There's you can go to X Day forums. You can go, um, but they're just talking about firmware. And there's a particular site mentioned on there where if you wanted to try and download the latest or get the latest, there's ways of doing it. So, but oh. but I'm just wondering, like, if you are if you have a phone and you haven't updated or you haven't been able to update it, and you want to like the definitive version that begins to fix this issue, is there is that documented somewhere? Because of different markets, right? Like in my case, of course, there's no US version, so I have to figure out what what version I have in the first place, 
EU, UK, whatever it is. Yeah, so it what, could be. So the way you can find out, if you look, if you go to, I'll just do it now, sorry, make sure. Oh, so yeah, sure, no problem. Code. That would, so I think going, that's going to help a lot of listeners, you know, because so I'm sure there's a few people with P20 Pros now. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to the settings app, go straight to the bottom, hit um, system, and then just hit about phone. And what it will say, it will say build number, which is the third entry down. Right. And it will have a code, which will say, mine says uh, CLT-L09. Then it's the build of Android, which is 8.1.0. And then the number that follows next is the build number. So uh -huh. the UK is on 110. It out of the box was either 102 or 103. Uh -huh. And the higher the number, generally, the better. The but, better, But right. there are regional differences. So just because... That's what I'm trying to establish. Yeah, yeah. just because a particular region has a higher number doesn't mean it's further ahead. So you need to understand, you need to, you know, it could just be because they have to configure the, the, the um, antennas slightly differently for different carriers. But um, that's the changes there. In If you have a European version... The yeah. build is now up to one number one twenty. Wow! So, so that is um, a little bit further ahead, and that fixes quite a few things. So they jump from one ten to one twenty, and there are potentially builds that have been tested in the one thirty mark at the moment. They're not released officially yet, but there are builds being tested. I'm sure there's builds being tested further ahead than that. So I would say give this three more months. And some of the, I still think they're going to go for a sharpened look on the AI photos because that's what they want. But you can turn off the AI in the settings and then you get a sort of more normal looking shot. Right. So you're saying that the, the big news here to me is there are, there have been continuous updates to the to the firmware and that, that it has improved so that's very reassuring for those of you who spent money on a p20 pro because you know huawei hasn't always been the best at updating their phones so good good news there um in general to kind of close this podcast i want to know your thoughts on the p20 pro camera just you know maybe in one minute like what do you what are the what are the things that got you excited and what are the things that cut you a little bit more you know kind of rained on your parade a little bit I actually adore the phone and the camera. So for me, it's the first phone that looks that's compact, you know, like a normal phone, that has the versatility. So the zoom, so you have three times optical zoom, five times lossless. But the optical zoom at three times is fantastic, and it suddenly opens up a whole range of different options, having this extra zoom, quality zoom as well. Right. And low light, it's a beast, an absolute... Yeah, it's really impressive. That's the thing I love the best about it. And you've got, you don't even need, whilst it's, you can do up to a handheld shot, no tripod, up to six seconds. And it's amazing. You can still have it in auto and take a shot at night. And it can do these ISOs, say in auto, up to 102,000. That's a bit of noise at 102,000, obviously. But it's still a usable shot, and I've been testing it and pulling shots at 102,000 ISO. It's just the versatility of everything. It's fast. It's quick. You can do – there's light painting mode, so if you're into your fancy right. silky water. I had it hanging outside my bedroom window, attached the outer handle on the glass window with a wraparound tripod, filming the stars for an hour because it's got something called Star Trails, and you just you can have it going for as long as you want, and you just you know while the phone has that, it's built in and standard on the camera app. So it's all the versatility. The AI, there's a couple of modes which I don't like. Greenery is one when there's lots of green in your photo. It's a bit. I still think it's too saturated. But flowers, plants, dogs, cats, all those sort of things look absolutely fantastic when the AI kicks in. It creates really good natural bokeh. It it adds a vignette around the flowers and everything just stands out naturally. It's a perfect shot to share. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it too. I think it's been a very strong device. I think it's the low light, you know, is just insane. I mean, we're talking levels of performance that rival some of the best cameras today. So that's not too bad for a phone. Uh, what are the things that you feel are a little bit 
uh, you, I mean, obviously can be improved in software, the, the over-processing we've talked about, but I'm just thinking, I mean, it's a good phone overall, but I'm talking specifically of the camera. Yeah, so I think th the weakness in the phone is video over so yes. 1080p, 30 frames per second. It's got great stabilization. The video quality is great. As soon as you go over that, so as soon as you go to 60 frames per second or 4K, there is no electrical image stabilization, and it looks terrible unless you've got it on a gimbal or a tripod. Um, right. And that is a slight disappointment. A little truth be known, the last five YouTube videos I've uploaded to my YouTube channel, I have filmed on the P20 Pro. So okay. I just wanted to see if anyone said, oh, your video quality looks worse or something, you know, just as a test, a sort of blind test. No one's noticed. <laughs> so no, I mean, I think at 1080p 30, you'll be fine. It's just you know, it's vexing for people who've used a Note 8 or a Galaxy S9 or an LG V30 or G7 for that matter, because they excel at 10 at 4K video, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Gavin, tell folks where they can find you online: your Twitter, your blog, your YouTube, all that good stuff. Thank you. So GavinsGadgets.com is my uh, blog. Gavin Fabiani is my Twitter handle, and we'll leave a link, obviously, so you don't worry about how to spell that. And my YouTube channel is youtube.com GavinFabL100, G-A-V-I-N-F-A-B-L 100, or you can put Gavin's Gadgets in or my full Gavin Fabiani Lamont into YouTube and it'll find me. Wonderful. And I recommend you all go to check out GavinsGadgets.com, especially because like Steve Litchfield and myself and a few other folks that you love and and follow, Gavin's a photography, camera photography guru. We really nerd out together a lot on, <laughs> on Twitter about cameras. And uh, he's, he's a person to follow if imaging is something that you are into. And the other thing is uh, also audio reviews, audio, audio file grade mobile products is another area where I feel Gavin has a lot to bring to the table. So go check him out. Um, you know where to find me. I'm at Tanker on Twitter. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character, but drop the vowels. Uh, that's also my Instagram handle. Uh, you know where to find the podcast, mobiletechpodcast.com. We're everywhere on iTunes, Overcast, uh, Pocket Casts. Uh, you might have to search for Tank Girl without the vowels uh, in addition to Mobile Tech Podcast on some of these platforms to find me. Uh, but I'm there. And... Uh, as you know, there's a YouTube channel too, uh, youtube.com slash Miriam Joir. That's my full name spelt out, Miriam with a Y. That will give you additional content that gives you context to this podcast. Basically, unboxings, hands-ons, reviews, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I don't try to be super fancy in my videos, but I try to bring you some cool stuff that uh, you can maybe watch while you listen to the podcast. Um, before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, audible.com, for sponsoring of course, the Mobile Tech Podcast. As you know, Audible is the place to go for audiobooks. You should check them out. I've been uh, listening to a bunch of uh, William Gibson novels lately. So go visit audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. Please click through there and join Audible. It will support the podcast. So there you have it. Uh, thanks, Gavin, for being on. It's really a pleasure to have you finally. Yeah, thank you as well. It's been great being on. Wonderful. So stay tuned. I'll have another guest next week and we'll see you then. Cheers, everybody. Bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.